The name's Bond. James Bond. Hello. These 007 Slate reviews for the films and novels do contain spoilers. If you have not seen any of the films in the series, or read any of Ian Fleming's novels, I suggest you do that now. If you don't really mind and you're supporting the podcast, thank you. But enjoy the episode. You have been warned. Hello, welcome back to Dubiology. In this episode today, I will be covering the James Bond 007 film, Skyfall. Released in November of 2012, Skyfall is the 22nd film in the Eon Productions film series, and it is not based off of any novels, so the plot is largely original. The film was released to heavy amounts of positive reviews, with critics highlighting the direction from Sam Mendes, the performances of Daniel Craig, Javier Bardem, and Dame Judi Dench, as well as the action, cinematography, and its musical score. This is also the only Bond film, and also the first, that grossed over $1 billion worldwide, adjusted for inflation. This is also the second highest grossing film of 2012, right behind Marvel's The Avengers. However, how good is this film's plot? Does it stand up today? Is it as good as a spy thriller as everyone says it is? How good is the acting, and how good is the cinematography? Well, let's talk about it. Development for Skyfall began in 2009, shortly after Quantum of Solace released in theaters. However, it was suspended throughout most of 2010 due to MGM's financial issues. After MGM's exit from bankruptcy in late 2010, the film was set for release in November of 2012. Skyfall also coincided with the 50th anniversary of Dr. No, the first ever Bond film, and the Bond film series in general. That would have made 60 years, maybe 59 in total, because technically Bond was created in the early 50s when Ian Fleming, Fleming, Ian Fleming wrote Casino Royale. So 50 for the film series, 59, maybe 60 for the Bond character in general. Um, after Quantum of Solace is released in 2008, Barbara Broccoli, a producer for Bond Films, uh, said that Skyfall may, you know, continue the plot of the Quantum organization introducing Casino Royale and explain more in Quantum of Solace as per the title of the movie. My personal opinion about the Quantum organization, it would have been an awesome thing if the Bond producers for Casino Royale and Quantum continued on with making Quantum the big bad, like, villainous organization, because usually... Uh, everyone, everyone, every Bond actor's had that organization that they have to deal with. Connery was obviously Spectre. That's where Spectre came to be. Uh, you know, films like From Russia With Love, Thunderball, You Only Live Twice, Diamonds Are Forever, and Lazenby did On Her Majesty's Secret Service. It should have been Connery, but still a good movie. But that included Spectre and Blofeld in general. We'll get to Blofeld eventually, because he's obviously the most iconic villain in the Bond series. Uh, Blofeld also appeared in Four Your Eyes Only in the 80s, but it was a kill-off of his character. Um, Spectre, I think that was, Spectre last appeared, Spectre didn't appear much in Roger Moore's era, nor Brosnan's era. Smirsh was briefly introduced in The Living Daylights when Dalton was Bond. 
uh, that's it. Yeah, Brosnan didn't really have a villainous organization that he had to deal with, now that I think about it. Unless you want to consider King Enterprises from The World Is Not Enough. I don't really know. And then Goldmine, Janice, but that wasn't really an organization. That was just a syndicate. But yeah, Craig had Quantum, which was a division of Spectre, which is later introduced in the reboot. The Bond series is very confusing to people who don't really watch the movies. I'm sorry. Uh, I kind of got off track there. Skyfall was also confirmed as the name of the film on the 3rd of November 2011. A few days later, on the 6th of November, they got right to production. The title was taken from the fictional home of Bond's childhood in Scotland, later revealed in the film. Sam Mendes is the director of this film, and he had first signed on with, uh, with little interest... Wait, sorry, sorry. Shortly after Quantum of Solace released in 08. Um, now to the part where I was going to say, Sam Mendes was good friends with Daniel Craig. Uh, he previously worked with Craig on the road, to, uh, the road to Perdition, which is a pretty good film. It's on Netflix. You should uh, go watch it. Craig approached Mendez about the idea of directing a Bond film. Mendez was hesitant at first, as the series had little appeal to him, and he later joined on due to Craig's involvement and heavy enthusiasm from Craig. Craig had a similar situation. Um, he didn't want... I don't know if I talked about this in my Casino Royale episode, but uh, he didn't want to do Bond. He said that would kind of tarnish his career, and any, if anything kind of bumped up Craig from this actor who's appeared in these good movies to this lead actor that can appear in amazing blockbusters in Hollywood. That's just me. I think Daniel Craig's an awesome actor. Great actor. Good-looking guy, too. Um, but he was hesitant to do it, but then he read the script for the movie. He's like, so this is different from other Bond films where the tropes were dumb, you know, leaning towards comedy, because Craig grew up in the Roger Moore era where Bond films were just really taboo and Roger Moore was a comedy Bond. He was going for the more funny aspects of the character. And that's another reason Timothy Dalton didn't want to play Bond, because he felt that he didn't like the way the series was going. After Moonraker, God, I hate Moonraker. Moonraker was a garbage film. Um, and eventually, Dalton read the script for The Living Daylight, saw that it was going towards more grounded Cold War espionage. Uh, I can't wait to do The Living Daylights. It's a really good film. But Dalton signed on after that, similar to Craig. Uh, Roger Deakin signed on as a cinematographer, and he had worked with Mendez on projects like Jarhead and Revolutionary War, uh, Road. Filming began on the 7th of November 2011, um, stating, wait, yeah, starting in London. Deakins used Ari Alexa digital cameras to shoot the film, making it the first Bond film to be shot digitally, fully digitally. Uh, after Skyfall was done being filmed in May of 2012, it was converted to the IMAX format for IMAX cinemas. Now, this is usually a cool thing, very cool thing. But Roger Deakins wasn't happy about this. Um, he wasn't aware of this. They didn't tell him. He was very unhappy because the colors didn't look good on the format, he thought. However, after exploring more of the systems and filming, uh, finding out that IMAX is already using proprietary remastering, re that's not what it says, remastering cameras, Deakins found out that the images look spectacular on the IMAX screen, quote-unquote. And uh, British singer-songwriter Adele also confirmed that she was writing the song for the movie as you guys heard in the intro for this um i'll get back to that in a second i wanted to go back to the imax camera things i talk about the cinematography in skyfall because it is so beautiful skyfall is the most beautiful bond film bar none i think the only two films that come close to it are honor majesty's secret service and thunderball and then i'd say specter would be beautiful if it wasn't so grainy half the time but Roger Deakins did an amazing job with cinematography in this film. It's honestly just beautiful, beautiful. Uh, and it, 
Uh, I mentioned on my Snapchat story when I confirmed this episode that Skyfall was the first film I saw. Well, not first film I saw. First Bond film I saw in theaters. I saw it second opening day, so the day after opening day in 2012. I went with my mother and my sister, and it was it was just an amazing film. Uh, amazing film. As a kid, I didn't really understand it because the whole spy thriller thing. But you know, I thought it was a pretty film. I thought you know. The villain was uh, Javier Bardem. I'm going to get to his performance later. I thought the villain was awesome, Silva. Um, obviously, Daniel Craig's awesome as Bond. And I grew up in the era where Daniel Craig was casted as Bond. So technically, Daniel Craig would be my Bond since I grew up in that era. Daniel Craig is in my top three, is in my top three Bond actors. I should mention that. Um, he's not number one. But honestly, I just remember being stunned by the, the visuals in this film and how they were able to shoot it. And I did go to see it in IMAX because I'm a little kid. I want to see all the pictures, the pretty pictures. Um, but back to what I was saying about Adele. She wrote the film, wrote the film. She wrote the song Skyfall for the film Skyfall. And uh, it's an awesome, awesome song. It was released for play on the 5th of October, 2012. The song was nominated for and won the Academy Award for Best Original Song. I would have to say that Skyfall is a top three Bond song. It's beautiful, beautifully, beautifully written, and Adele does a good job of vocals. Uh, I forgot who produced with her. I think it's her usual producers, but they all did an amazing job. It's a great song outside of just being a Bond song in general, and usually Bond songs say the plot of the movie, so in theaters, if you're paying attention to the song during the pre-title sequence, not pre-title sequence, title sequence, sorry, um... She says a lot in the lyrics. We'll face it all together at Skyfall. Uh, the ending of the film takes place at Skyfall. I'll get to that in the plot. Uh, where you go, I go. What you feel, I feel. Uh, relating to the relationship between Daniel Craig's Bond and Judy Dench's Dame Judy Dench's M. That's about all for the opening segment. Um, on to the plot. You know, starting Dubiology was tough. However, it couldn't have been any more difficult if I wasn't using Anchor. Thankfully, I was. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast on your phone or PC at any time. Anchor also allows you to distribute your podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more websites that allow editing for podcasts. Best part about it, it is all free. F-R-E-E. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Anchor.fm is the website link again. Thank you. The story of Skyfall is essentially a standalone from Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace. It revolves around Bond investigating an attack on MI6 using cyber technology and hacking that leads to a plot by the former MI6 agent Raul Silva, played by Javier Bardem in this film. The revenge plot and Silva planning to take revenge, discredit, and then kill M as revenge for abandoning him while in service. Skyfall saw the, you know, return... Why did I say that? Skyfall saw the return of classic Bond characters Q and Miss Moneypenny, played by Ben Whishaw and Naomi Harris, respectively. The film explores the idea that Bond is an aging agent, way past his prime. Daniel Craig wanted this to be his final Bond film and was actively disappointed throughout Spectre, the next film in the series. Um, as I said, Spectre is one of my least favorite films of the 25 films released. Official films released, I should say. Um... He just looked actively bored with the role. And every actor outside of maybe Lazenby and Brosnan just looked bored. And also Dalton looked bored throughout the... Moore also had a lot of good films. Sorry. Maybe it was just Craig and Connery. 
but they seem bored throughout one or two films. Uh, Connery, dating back to You Only Live Twice, looked actively distraught. Looked like he didn't want to play the character anymore. He was just bored with it. So he retired, and then Lazenby did Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Good film, but at the time, wasn't well-received. Didn't want to do a sequel. They panicked. So they ended up getting uh, Connery for the role, back for Diamonds Are Forever in 1971. Connery, while I think Diamonds Are Forever is not a good film, probably one of the worst in the Bond canon, uh, Connery checked in what some people think is an awesome performance and thinks he's funny again, like he's enjoying the role. But to me, he always seemed like he was phoning it in. Like he was being paid a million dollars to do this film. Now, that may not seem like anything today, but a million dollars in the 70s was the equivalent to making $55 million from today. That's a lot of money. I would phone it in as well. In the pre-title sequence, Bond is shot by Moneypenny after a mission goes horribly wrong in Istanbul. The mission in question is uh, Bond and Moneypenny trying to retrieve artifacts of undercover agents that could be exposed to other secret agent services or possibly the dark web. Ooh, and that list could get leaked and people could die. We don't want that to happen to our precious, precious agents. This will come into factor very soon. He proceeds to... Sorry about that, my sister is a maniac. It's like midnight, I don't know why she's doing that. He proceeds to fall into a lake and lake, lake. Why did why did I write it like that? He proceeds to fall into a lake and then a waterfall as MI6 is uh, dumbstruck about the decision to take the shot, as they say. Take the bloody shot, take the shot. Uh, they didn't kill Bond, obviously. This film probably wouldn't be happening if they did. This leads to Bond recovering on an island. I don't think it's specified. And he uses personal death to basically retire from active service. He was just like, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. This isn't fun anymore. I'm just going to chill. So, yeah, knocks up a few people. Uh, drinks a lot of beers. Has fun with this drinking game. The scorpion on his hand. Pretty good. And then also during the time, Gareth Mallory, who is the chairman of the Intelligence and Security Committee of Parliament, pressures them into retirement. M's like, no, I'm not going to retire. What's wrong with you? I still, uh, I came into active service and I'm not going to leave active service the way it was brought in. Basically, Emma's saying she came in, rebuilt everything as the service wasn't as great and she was not going to leave service in a worse state than it was already in when she joined it 30 years prior, I think. Um... A little after this, the conversation, uh, MI6's computers are hacked as they're in a car and their headquarters explode. And also some undercover agents from that list and agents in general are assassinated. They don't know who done it. Now, any thoughts on the whole... My, any thoughts? My thoughts on the whole Bond is off and he's old and he's washed up. He can't do anything anymore as an agent. The storyline throughout the first half of the film is mixed. It's cool at first until you realize that Daniel Craig wasn't even that old in this film. He was 37 when he got casted in 2005 for Casino Royale, making him around 42, 43 in Skyfall. He's not old. They make it seem like he's Roger Moore's age. And another issue I have with Roger Moore's Bond, which I love Roger Moore. Great Bond. He did an amazing job, and I love most of his movies. I think that him being 58, yes, you heard that correctly, 58 years old, uh, A View to a Kill, which came out in 1985, was pretty absurd. He was almost 60 playing the Bond role. And I think A View to a Kill would have been a better film if they used Dalton. Um, originally, they wanted to get Dalton for For Your Eyes Only, which he would have slayed that movie. But um, 
no more. It's like, no, I don't want to retire yet. I don't want to stay on the roll. So he stays on the roll, and he's really old and a view to a kill. And I think if they use the view to a kill storyline to, you know, basically say, hey, there's this new megalomaniac and a new henchwoman, and Bond is really old, and he's not as good as an agent as he used to be. But they don't use that storyline. Instead, Roger Moore is just Bond. He's not like an old Bond. They just play it off if he's some young secret agent. Like, no. He has a facelift in this movie. He's old. He's like 58 going on 60. It's absurd. Uh, But back to what I was saying about the film. It's cool at first until you realize that Craig wasn't even that old. Plus, only a few years have passed since Quantum of Solace, which is directly after the events of Casino Royale, which is supposed to show a younger rookie Bond in 2006. Meaning this film takes place in 2012, so I guess you could see, like, hey, Quantum didn't really take place in 08, it just released in 08. It takes place in 06, directly after Casino Royale, which we know takes place in 06, as confirmed in the film Casino Royale. So, it's a big gap difference, but that still doesn't matter. He, he's not that old in this film. Doesn't show either. Daniel Craig is in amazing, amazing shape. Well, I think that Skyfall would have been an excellent last film for Craig Bond, I'm very glad they didn't do it that way. As dumb as Spectre is, the movie arcs into No Time to Die, the conclusion of Craig Bond's story, in which I think No Time to Die is a very good film. I'll cover that soon. Speaking of story, let's talk about the acting. The main theme of this film is age and trust. When, 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 why did I write when twice in the script? Uh, When Bond falls down and loses it, can you trust one? Can you trust one to lift you up? Basically, the theme of the film is that, you know, when you're at your worst and you're on your bare legs can someone lift you up and help you out is that is that possible i'm i don't know what to say here uh, <laughs> i think most of you get the message this just you know you know when one falls down can you help them through the toughest times can you depend on the one you should trust the most it shouldn't be hard to say that can you trust them and defy all odds should i say daniel craig and dame judy dench play to each other's strengths up um, so effortlessly in this film the first two films their their chemistry was good especially casino royale you could tell in casino royale they were both very comfortable in the roles judy dench especially because you know she's been playing m since 1995 so of course and bond just reinvented the character in general bond daniel craig reinvented the bond character in general so obviously he was comfortable in his role it felt like he was bond all over again like it was sean connery in 1962 uh you know, M is showing that not only is she not washed up, but Bond isn't washed up the, the washed up agent that everyone thinks he is after he gets shot. Because uh, MI6 does take their headquarters down. It's like underground and Bond fails a bunch of tests, but they still send him out into active service because they don't want Bond thinking he's uh, washed up bad and they don't want him questioning a bunch of stuff. So they say, let's do the dumb thing and let's send Bond out into the fire knowing that he's not in condition to you know be an agent and silva confirms this when he captures bond after bond you know sleeps with a sex worker which it's a terrible scene it's one of the most distasteful scenes in movie history in my opinion like yeah she was asking for it but not cool man especially with her past man not cool Later on in the film, the villain is revealed to be Raul Silva, played by Javier Bardem. Bardem is incredible in this movie, bringing in not only one of the best villain performances in a Bond movie, but one of the best Bond performances in general, excluding the villain role. Like, honestly, he's so good, it's unbelievable. 
Silva was an agent for MI6 for the uh, from the 80s into the 90s, and apparently a good one. He felt betrayed by M's actions and left active service, taking revenge in 2012. It's a long time to plot revenge, man. Bardem really feels like a Bond villain, trolling all of his protagonists and indirectly succeeding what? Indirectly succeeding his plan with his plan, and you know, hacking and compromising MI6 in the film. It's a weird plot. Like he's like he tells Bond like, "Hey, well, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna hack and compromise your system," and he does exactly that, just not the way he planned. And everybody's like, hey, what's going on here at MI6? Why are we getting Q's involved? I should have mentioned Q is a very good character. Um, uh, Desmond Lowell, how do you pronounce his last name? He played Q. I'm sure most of you have seen most Bond movies know who I'm talking about. He played Q from, from Russia with Love up until The World is Not Enough. And that time frame was 1963 to 1999 he played the character that long and i think he was obviously the longest tenured bond character because he was just so iconic in the role um but ben wishaw returns as q for craig bond uh he's pretty good in the role as well ben wishaw is a really good actor but bardem really feels like a bond villain as i mentioned q's confused about all this and he's like hey he compromised our system how did he do that so he He's able to escape the spot. He gets captured in from MI6 when Bond radios him from the island that Silva compromised. He, comp- he just he compromises an island and keeps it for himself. It's sadistic. Uh, after that, Bond is like, hey, what happened? Where is he? And then they find out that he's dressed as a policeman. Bond has to catch a train. Uh, and then the train is somehow targeted towards Bond in the underground tunnel. And Bond almost dies, but he gets out of the rubble. Silva and his crew goes towards M's Inquiry in London, the heart of London, I should say, and um, causes an attack. Uh, luckily, M doesn't die yet, and they're able to get her out of there safe and sound, but Bond kidnaps her, and yeah, they just go to this garage, and everybody's like, hey, what's this garage? Why did you stop at this garage? You have a perfectly fine car. Oh, it's the Aston Martin DB5 from Goldfinger. The Aston Martin returns in this film, and it's it's beautiful. And I watched this film in theater, as I mentioned last segment. And I was a big fan of Bond movies in my childhood. So seeing the Aston Martin DB5 in the theater and hearing that Bond theme play throughout it when they exit the garage, it's just a wonderful feeling. Goosebumps all over just thinking about it. Uh, but they go to Skyfall, which is the title of the film, and also Bond's fictional home, as we find out. The later part of the film is just us finding out that Bond was raised in Scotland. His parents were Scottish. He's technically Scottish. And they, they're dead. They are dead. And um, this confirms that Bond isn't a codename theory. Stop with the dumb codename theory. Bond is just a character running from Connery to Brosman. Daniel Craig, however, is a reinvention and rebrand of the character. However, it is not the same person using a code name the entire time. They're not different people using code. Sorry, I meant to say they're different people using code names. No, they're always the same person up until Craig reinvents the character. Get that through your heads. Sorry, but they do that, and then they uh, they meet this. I I should have done more homework on the subject, but they meet the Holmes owner bond's childhood butler i think i don't remember but they guard the house silva and his crew arrives the final battle happens at skyfall it's a pretty good action set piece of beautiful cinematography uh 
And Silva shoots Bond. I don't know if it's Silva or just one of Silva's henchmen. But they shoot him into the ice water. He breaks out of it. And then Silva ends up going to M. He's like, no, just end both of our suffering. Kill us both. And then he stabs her. And it looks like M's just okay. Like, she's not dead yet. And then Bond throws a knife at Silva's back. Silva's like, ah! And then he just drops dramatically and dies. It's pretty freaking hilarious. I'm not going to lie. And then Bond and M have their moment. M drops. She's wounded. And then she dies. M's death is really sad. I'm not going to lie. Dame Judi Dench has been the character dating back to Goldeneye in 1995, a part of the Brosnan Bond era. She brought a lot of depth and importance to the role, similar to M and Ian Fleming's novels. M's death here is actually solidified. Uh, actually, it solidifies in that Craig has lost Craig. Why did I put Craig? Craig Bond, I should say, has lost a lot up to this film. Casino Royale, he lost Mathis. No, that was Quantum. Sorry, it's Casino Royale. He lost Vesper. He lost his dignity. Lost his pride. And Quantum, he lost Mathis. Lost his dignity. Lost his pride. Didn't know how to continue the job. And now here, he loses M. Probably the most important person to him up until this point in his life. Afterwards, Bond arrives back in London, and he's, uh, hey, look, Mallory! He's, um, he's appointed as the new M! Mallory is M! It makes sense as he kind of urged M to, the other M, Judy Dench's M, to, uh, exit the role earlier. And she was like, I'm not leaving the service in the worst shape ever. That's not happening. And he's like, hey, I'm M. And then Bond confirms it and saying, with pleasure, M. So yeah, that's how Skyfall ends, and then we get the gun barrel sequence at the end of the film, because that's a theme with Craig Bond. We never get the gun barrel at the beginning of the film. Good gun barrel, though. And uh, that ends the film. James Bond will return. Happy 50th anniversary, people. Woo! Good ending. I think it was wonderful. Uh, I do think I'm disappointed in how Spectre turned out, considering Skyfall's ending was beautiful, and it could have went many directions. They could have done anything, but they just had to get the rights to Spectre and end things there, and you say, hey, let's introduce Blofeld and ruin the entire continuity of crap. <laughs> Sorry about that, everyone. Spectre just really gets on my nerves. Skyfall sits at number 5 in my Bond ranking. It is a wonderful thriller mixture of spy and also melodrama. As mentioned before, Daniel Craig, Dame Judi Dench, and Javier Bardem all bring in excellent performances, and the ending is just beautiful. It sets up as an endless amount of possibilities for the future, even if that future messes up all those possibilities and brings in continuity issues and messes up the entire thing that was set up during the Craig Bond era with Quantum, and they just make it like it was never a big thing, and the organization was terrible all along. Spectre sucks, everyone. Besides that, the cinematography is the best in the series, and the story is wonderfully told. I'm very fortunate to have seen this beautiful piece of cinema and theater. Skyfall will forever hold a special place in my heart. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed more, wait, that's for the ending. What am I doing? <laughs> uh, what I was really going to say is, if you enjoyed this episode, well, I'm going to have more 007 reviews up pretty soon. I don't know the next film I would be reviewing. I originally was going to go off of my list, but I wanted to do films that people were more familiar with or just films that I think I'm in the mood to review. So the next film could be literally any film in the series. It could be one of my favorite films. It could be one of my least favorite films. That's the beauty of these reviews. Thanks for listening to the Skyfall review, though. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you for tuning in to Doobiology this week. 
If you have any questions or concerns or you want to listen to more of this podcast, please check out the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, and Red Circle. If you want the social media outlets, for Instagram, it's Dubiology2022. For Snapchat, it's also Dubiology2022. Thank you for listening to this episode once again. Have a good day, evening, morning, whenever you're listening to this. Bye.